Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. 35% of people over the age of 70 report having loss of mobility. And you know what that contributes to? It contributes to a risk of fall, um, increased healthcare costs for them and for others, and increased isolation and depression. And nobody wants this. It's very easy for us to say, oh, that's not going to happen to us. But what if it does? And what if it happens to someone we know and love? Well, today we're gonna to talk to a company that I call The Future Is Now, and it is a very research-based solution. So if you're curious, stay with us after we a word from our sponsors. This incredible show made possible by our wonderful sponsors, Assured Senior Living, Love, It's What We Do, and Serenity Engage, where care connects. Now, a brief message from Serenity Engage. Serenity connects aging service providers, older adults, and their loved ones in a single network. Our web, mobile, and smart assistance products power the network that enables real-time HIPAA-compliant communication, collaboration, and education. When we care together, providers increase revenue and lower expenses, older adults receive better care, and family has greater peace of mind. Welcome back, and I am so excited. We are still moving with our third episode of Bright Spots. And what is a Bright Spot? We're huge fans of Dan and Chip Heath and their way of focusing on the positive, not the negative. So when your son or daughter or loved one brings home maybe an F but has five A's, let's focus on the five A's and not that one F. And so with that, we are pushing some amazing ideas and technology forward for our older adults. Yeah, and really looking at what's working in those A's on the report card and be able to apply that so that we can help them bring that, that lower grade up. So with that, let's meet our guest today, Chris Brickler, the CEO of Mind yes. VR. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Francis. Thanks to thanks for you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. So before we kind of dive in about your phenomenal Mind VR and all that stuff that I, you know, can rave about, I think it's phenomenal. Tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and where your why came from. Well, I, you know, I kind of grew up in technology um, when I saw the very first graphical user interface on the uh, on the internet in 1992 when I was at the University of Texas. <laughs> we uh, we built the first VPN, uh, and I saw how that was. I saw quickly how internet technology was going to change our entire landscape of how we operate as human beings. Uh, so I got into the building of the backbone of the internet, uh, and during the '90s, uh, built one of the largest commercial uh, backbones with my team at uh, Verizon, oh. uh, and then went over to British Telecom and and, and ran a global uh, internet group there. Um, so. I grew up in technology, but also got a love for creation. I ran a studio in Hollywood for 10 years that was uh, you know, largely based on high-level production and then also a lot of volume uh, production for large brands uh, on the internet, sort of internet video uh, world. And that was exciting. Um, and, then I, and then I was in Silicon Valley working in, and had uh, a co-founder came out to, uh, to Silicon Valley. We, we Caught up for the first time in a while. He's telling me what he was doing in senior living. He was running about a hundred sniffs in Texas, and implementing this this technology called Music and Memory, or a program called Music and Memory, right? Uh, iPod customized playlist. And he told me about how he was just glowing with the results that he was seeing with his seniors. And uh, I said, Well, you know, I've, I've been working on a project with Oculus here. They'd just been acquired by. Uh, by uh, Facebook and a good friend of mine was on that team. So I kind of got the inside scoop on what was happening with VR. And I'm like, wow, 
what if we could take VR and take music and memory and, and yeah. add a level of immersion to that, right? That would create something so spectacular uh, for the older adult population. And that was the idea when we started that. Uh, and that was about six years ago. Uh, we started the company in Dallas and then uh, have just been growing and growing into all sorts of other types of therapies uh, over and above music and memory. But uh, it's, it's just so exciting to see how this technology is coming into senior care um, I've never been in senior care before, but I am so happy to be here now. Uh, Isn't it amazing? It's yeah. when you when you are from another industry and you come into this industry, it's really hard not to fall in love with the industry, the field, the people, the heroes, the unsung heroes, the older mm -hmm. adults. Um, so can you tell our audience what MindVR actually is? Well, right, yeah. So we are a VR-based uh, digital therapeutic uh, a platform uh, where we bundle uh, these immersive glasses, these really lightweight immersive glasses yeah. that we've ushered in with uh, our partners, HTC Vive, um, revolutionizing the ergonomic discussion. We package that with care tablets, with the largest content uh, catalog of content that uh, comes from our own MindVR studios and licensed agreements with all kinds of third parties. Um, that, you know, have applications that are that are mindful and ready for older adults. Um, and there's not a whole lot of that. So we've had to really lead that charge in terms of the development of VR, because VR has lar largely been a gaming uh, teenage uh, yeah. pastime, iconic pastime that's growing and growing and growing in its use cases. But healthcare, it's such a strong health, uh, uh, you know, such a strong value proposition that we've now created this very easy uh, to um, subscribe to the to the network, and then we send out these uh, glasses to uh, communities and to different healthcare settings uh, across the continuum of care. Uh, so, so, Chris, you, you said something called digital therapeutics. For those that don't know, can you kind of dive in a little deeper as to, you know, what that is? I mean, it, it sounds pretty cool, but yeah, what is it? Yeah, so digital therapeutics is a term that a lot of people hear about, but basically, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do uh, with MindVR is create a digital pill, essentially, right? So when you think about different indications that are affecting health, um, you know, it, versus a pill, uh, we, we know that therapies delivered on a tablet, on a computer screen, on a, a VR headset, we can gamify that software to a level that we can uh, change behavior. We can change the mindset uh, of how people approach a problem. Um, it can trick the brain in very positive ways uh, to where you sort of forget about certain things, uh, you know, and that, that's in, that's the case with me when I uh, exercise in VR every day. Uh, it's it's 15 minutes and my head is in a whole different world and my body doesn't, you know, I don't even connect the two that I'm actually getting a great 15 minute, you know, workout. Uh, so that's the beauty of the medium. But the therapeutic side of things is when we start to prove uh, the clinical efficacy behind these treatments, right? And that's the beautiful uh, part of the journey that we're on right now is, is deepening our uh, partnerships in the clinical research area, uh, because we've just seen VR over the last six years have so many impacts across different indications um, that now uh, is the time that we're really diving into uh, what we're calling prescriptive uh, digital therapeutics. Um, and that's, yeah. uh, yep. And I, I think your research with uh, Stanford University is really important. And the fact that you're very research-based is crucial. A lot of people do talk about digital therapeutics and I love the way you described it. It's like a, 
it's like you're prescribing a pill, but it's not medication you take. It's a right. behavioral right. change. That's right. So, um, so tell us why you think this is a bright spot in the industry. Well, I think we're just at the embryonic stage uh, right now, but I, I do think that we're going to see VR become a highly disruptive technology in, in the fabric of healthcare as it relates to older adults. So across the continuum of care from independent living to uh, assisted to memory care, skilled post-acute care, there, there's, there's so many use cases for VR. That's all sort of directed towards the health of the and wellness of the older adult. You, once you have the equipment in the facilities, then it can be a tool that can help with employee retention, employee training, soft skills. How do we, how do we, how do we take care of dementia uh, patients better, more effectively? How do we save costs as an operation by having our, our people fully armed with a lot of different simulations that could happen in dementia care, right? That, that then starts to prove ROI there. And now we're starting to see our clients come back to us and say, hey, the fact that we've got MindVR in our community, we just got two new families last week that that uh, subscribed to, to the network. Or, excuse me, to that um, uh, that became the families actually, uh, you know, brought their senior to the home. Th that's a really big win story when you can start connecting the dots for the operators that um, says, "Wow, okay, I can see it now. I can see it now working across these different areas." And that's really where our platform is is set to uh, to provide the most value. And I just love the way we can or you eventually use it for for training right scenario based yeah. training right because a lot of times in memory care especially or is it's no two similar situations are ever identical right? <laughs> right so the more exposure you get to let's say more of the challenging ones you can build the redirection techniques the de-escalation techniques the ways to figure out wow that was tough but i'm kind of prepared because i had exposure to it like exposure mm -hmm. therapy i think for our staff and staff yeah. is so critical but what I think is even more powerful is you might be able to give an older adult who has middle stage cognitive issues a sense of purpose, right? I think yep. we talked before the yep. show, going to the grocery store, retraining on how to make a cup of coffee. Some of those amazing things that we all right now take for granted. Yep. But as an older adult, the only thing you want to do is be self-sufficient. So talk a little bit about some of those ways you've blended you know, that into your platform. Yeah, well – Listen, we see we see a lot of uh, opportunity to help uh, with better outcomes with seniors with VR uh, as it relates to post-acute care and, and getting people back on their feet again. So um, if that might mean a stroke, you know, rehab situation or any other type of uh, scenario, you know, we think we think VR is going to be very powerful, specifically when you get into virtualizing IADLs, um, activities of daily living. Right going to an ATM machine, going to a grocery store, navigating how to uh, uh, pick out the items on your grocery, grocery list. Again, Francis, to your point, um, we, take, we take all this for granted, you know, but, but when, you're, when you are in that, in that period of rehab, these tools can really help uh, speed that process. And, and what we've done actually on that front is we've partnered with uh, Select Rehabilitation. So, um, you know, in, 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 in that partnership, uh, there's a really exciting uh, energy that's developing around the production of these IADLs and, uh, and, and getting those clinically validated as we work those through uh, with Select. So it's a very, very exciting time for us. 
So I'm going to say shout out to Select because it, this, this field is notoriously difficult to get technology into. Yep. And that is changing because we're at the very beginning of a digital transformation, which I know you know. Yep. Um, but to get providers like Select on board, so yep. huge shout out to Select. Um, good for yep. you. And, and I want to also come back to some of the things that you talked about earlier with uh, the idea that this not only helps the older adult and in myriads of ways, those who are post-acute, those who are in memory care, those who are assisted living, yeah. um, those who are in skilled nursing, that it also helps the staff and it helps the families of those yeah. that they're caring for. So uh, the, the interesting thing about this, this field is that it is very much a system. So if you are working with one part of the system, it's going to have impact in the other parts of the system. And okay. I'd love to hear you talk about some of the things that you see from the system's perspective that you're having impact on. Right. Well, um, you know, I think one of the challenges that uh, operators face today is that this technology uh, revolution is happening so fast that it's hard for them to evaluate, you know, 30 different point of sale type of uh, technology equations, right? Um, and, we and call that app fatigue. There you go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think um, I don't think we present a, a solution to that at this point in time. But I do think that uh, partnerships, uh, when you see a company like Select that has 17,000 plus therapists, you know, uh, helping uh, the health of several hundred thousand seniors every day, right? I mean, it's a massive operation. They, they've done a lot of building of systems and integrating, you know, patient data on the therapy side of things into uh, a good flow. So when you start to think about uh, MindVR, you know, we look at ways that we can be efficient in plugging into existing systems that already are out there versus creating new ones for us. So, um, and then, yeah. uh, oh, let me go ahead. jump in real quick. Yep. Uh, so if I'm a, can I use this in my home? If I have, you know, my mom living with me or my dad, is it, or do I need to be more in like a community-based setting or could I say like, Hey, you know, I really want to try this for my dad who, you know, would take some pressure off the family. Well, yeah. So yeah, the, the answer is uh, yes. At home is so important. Um, when we look okay. at our strategy and our, and our, purpose as a business, we want to help the health of all seniors. Millions will move into senior living and operators, uh, um, communities, operated communities, but, you know, tens of millions will be aging in place. And we know that we're going to have a big impact with VR as it relates to some of the remote connectivity uh, that we can have with these devices, um, remote uh, therapeutic uh, assessments uh, on a cognitive level, um, on, on an emotional level, on a physical level, we'll be able to do a lot of that remotely as well. And that, and that gets really exciting when you think about at-home care. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what, what we're really working on is a personalized, um, personalized system that would track uh, the, the benefits that we're seeing from app one, two, or three, and how that's impacting that person's and, and speeding up that person's recovery. And when you start getting into that kind of... Uh, level of, of performance data with VR and the systems that we have to work with in, in VR that were built for very, very strenuous gaming uh, scenarios, uh, you know, uh, military combat <laughs> scenarios. I mean, a, a lot of engine power, horsepower is in our systems. And to uh, 
modify that for the healthcare use cases across the you know continuum of care, that's when it gets so exciting. Yeah. So Chris, what do you say when somebody says to you, older adults will never use technology? Yeah, well, here, the first thing I say is uh, these older adults, if you're 80 or more, have uh, adopted the color television, they've adopted FM radio, they've adopted the personal computer, they've adopted the internet, they've adopted social media, they've adopted smartphones, thanks to Jitterbug and products like that, and they are adopting VR, and, and they will adopt VR, and we think it will be ubiquitous because the, the clarity of the content ingestion is, is so much more powerful than that TV sitting on the wall across the room. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, go ahead, Chris. Well, so, said. No, 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 so I said that was phenomenal because we run into that a lot, right? We in our in our space, and I what I love the most about it though is the engagement component. You know, it's not flat. Like you watch a TV show, you it can be flat, but now all of a sudden you're creating an engaging environment for them to stimulate whether it's physical, cognitive, visual, auditory. Right? All of a sudden we're attacking this multi this person through multiple senses senses. Right. It's just going to enable their quality of life. That's what I think is cool. It's not watching a movie, listening to music, right? You're just sitting there kind of essentially like just numb almost. Right. Chris, you said something right before the show about older adults have earned this. This generation has earned it. Can you expand on that? Yeah. You know, we do so much work with uh, our veterans in this country, uh, both with the National State uh, Association of Veteran Homes, but also with the VA. And um, Thank you. that kind of thinking kind of came out of some of the work we're doing uh, with our veterans in that we really believe these seniors have, have earned this technology. Um, they've, they've built the world that we live in. They've protected this world. They've done a lot of things to make our lives um, what they are today. So if this is a, if this is a game-changing technology as big as what the internet represented in the 90s, I think it's bigger. But I, I think that They've earned a shot at, at getting all the health benefits out of this technology and, and entertainment benefits, too. But, you know, health, starting with health, uh, is, is really what we're focused at. And that's emotional and physical health, right? It's emotional, both. physical, cognitive. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the wider range of, of uh, cognitive gaming uh, that we have on our platform is, is really phenomenal. Um, and when you see uh, the when you see the seniors going through these exercises, it's, you know, it, it's really, uh, it, it just proves every time we see this, why, why we're doing this, because it, 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 the smiles on the faces and, and the results that we're seeing on a clinical side with our uh, research partners is just phenomenal right now. Chris, for, uh, so yeah, how can someone learn more about MindVR, the work that you're doing? Where's a great way we can send, you know, the audience and anybody listening and anybody that's curious about this? Yeah, I mean, our website probably has most of the information on there in terms of uh, what we offer. That's www.mindvr.com. And we uh, people ask sometimes about wh why we spell it that way. And, and we did that on purpose because we feel we dropped the I to a Y uh, to represent uh, ownership of, uh, of the aging mind, which a lot of times in circumstantial sort of situations, whether it's loss of mobility or loss of cognitive impairment, they start to lose feelings of, lo of loss of control of their own uh, cognition. Um, so we want, to, we want to try to use this technology to help bring that back and, and bring some of that control back to that senior's life. And if we can do that, then I think we're, we're on the right path. 
wow. Uh, I just want to say thank you uh, with the work you're doing and you, uh, you know, really appreciate the work you've done, honestly, and the impact you're having and will have on those that are aging and, and you know, the veterans and the work you continue to do there. So thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. We're going to keep updated on your progress and your research because it is such an impactful, like you said, disruptive technology that's only going to get better. Right. Um, so we truly applaud you. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and, and joining us to showcase uh, exactly what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you, Chris. Catherine. Okay. All day. right. So now it is time to move into Maverick Moments. Maverick Moments. Maverick ah, right. Moments. Okay. Maverick so this moments. is where Francis and, I, Francis and I each take one minute to talk about something that we have learned, read, find interesting, are curious about in the senior care field. All right, so um, start? I'll start. So uh, mine is, let's talk about vocabulary. Oh, that's what I was gonna do. All right. All right, so we're gonna take two minutes. Two minutes, all right, I'm gonna talk. we're gonna do this. I'm yeah. gonna talk about vocabulary for diagnoses. So you can talk okay. about something. Okay. Good. So dementia, can't stand that word, even though it's thrown mm. around, because the root in many language is demented, possessed by the devil. Are you kidding? No, look at the- Of course. So I, I've me, never connected those dots. You know, to me, and that's where senile came from back in what, the 40s, 50s maybe, I think, right? You senile, old, older person, old man, right? You remember hearing that term? Are oh, he's yeah. just senile, right? Yep. I, I, I don't know what it would be yet, but I, I just feel like that has always bothered me that we use dementia to describe someone that's having cognitive challenges. Uh, yes, I know it's an overbodying umbrella of what, 130, 32 different types of cognitive impairments. That's something a lot of people don't know, um, by the way. So it's never, you know, maybe that yeah. specific diagnosis, you know, they say dementia when they don't know because a lot of our stuff with the brain, we can't know till post-mortem, right? Autopsies, looking at the actual structure of the brain. Um, but that's one for me would be getting rid of the term dementia or patient with Alzheimer's. They're a person living with X. We have to stop defining them by their diagnoses, define them as a person first. There's someone living with this. They're not, they're you know, human. They're human. They're human beings. And so I'm just going to leave with this is that dementia is not the ending. It is a change in the ending. That is my favorite line that you have. Um, seriously, okay, well, it's not the ending. It's a change in the ending. Um, beautiful. And so that's a, a great transition to mine. So mine is the the um, concept of nursing homes. So mm -hmm. I asked about this. Francis and I spoke at the uh, American Society for Aging on Aging conference last week, earlier this week. Oh my goodness, time flies. So we were at the event and I keep hearing the term nursing home, nursing home in the field, in the media, everywhere. And then I hear people say, do not use the term nursing home, call it long-term skilled nursing. So I adjusted my terminology to say okay. long-term skilled nursing. Okay. But then I've started asking people because no one else is changing their terminology. Really, the media still calls it that. Even people who operate long-term skilled nursing call it nursing homes. So I asked a few people at On Aging, what is the right thing to call it? What should I be calling it? Um, I got all kinds of answers, so that tells that you, right? Tells you confusion, but right? Here, right, but here was one that I thought was interesting. This is from a woman who's been in that industry, in that field, okay. excuse me, for a very long time. And she said, why would we want to change the name of something? You only change the name if you're ashamed of something. Ooh. So she's on a roll to keep it nursing home. 
I'm not sure I agree. So I'm really curious what our audience thinks too, oh. because I think the oh. the field has changed. The way these home uh, long-term care communities operate now is not the same as the way they operated in the past. So to me, that mm. is, that's an improvement. It's an upgrade. It's a refresh. It's a new way of doing things. <laughs> I think it's okay to have a new name that is more applicable to what it is today. So um, what do you think? Wow. That's what I can say is wow. That's it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm just curious because I'm wondering, though, going off to play a little devil's advocate, has the industry really changed or are we just making it look prettier? Well, that's a, uh, okay. So that's a deep question too. Uh, I don't have an answer yeah. for that because I'm going off of her. If she's saying the industry hasn't changed, right? I don't know that she, she said it hasn't. Uh, okay. She just didn't think the term should change because uh, we shouldn't be ashamed. Of and I agree with that. What See, that's do. what I'm kind of torn a little bit and why I kind of played a little, I mean, I'm, it is, it, she is right. If it's not a negative, why are we trying to fight it? Well, but because if, I think it, it, it the perception is negative and perception is reality for people. True. Agreed. But also I would say this then, aging's got a negative perception. Do we have a new word for aging then? Yes. Okay. I don't um, know what it is. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, but maybe I don't know, but I'm curious. That, and that's starting to really spin my wheels. I'm like, right. oh, maybe. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know where to go with it. I, you know, throwing it out there because obviously we're all aging and I don't think it needs to be negative and i wonder if it's negative because of words like nursing home or dementia or you know is aging negative because of what people think it is or is it senility or senility what right? a terrible word i haven't heard it in so long yeah, it's terrible, yeah it? it is when you look at the root of dementia like i had English no idea and, it's um, ridiculous. You know, latin and stuff it's like it's not cool let let's not use that word let's find another word for that but, okay yeah. so we're going to be talking a lot about vocabulary and terminology and how we refer to things at National Collaboration in Aging, That's right. which if you are not attending, please check it out, collaborationinaging.com. It is uh, September 27 and 28 in Denver, Colorado. And the whole idea for this conference is to be an unconference, to not look like anything you've ever experienced before. You will walk away with action items, doable, tangible, real action items, things that will help change the field that you are working in and for the better for the care of all the people that we love and frankly i'm not that far away from this so i want it to be different before i get there what i think too what's going to be really powerful is it's it's not one dimensional you're not just there to learn about you know a certain track right you're you're there to experience the industry as a whole because we truly believe the only way to impact the industry as a whole is we have to come together as an industry and go, okay, the systems that we've been operating in today, they're not quite where they need to be. Right. So we have two choices. We either build a new collaborative system, right? Or we try to mend a system that got us to where we are today. So we need your input, you know, both people operating in the industry, outside the industry, startups, technology. We need everybody's input so we know how to move this forward collectively together because whether we want to put our head in the sand or not, we're all getting older. Right. So please come challenge the thinking of today's world, add your ideas and input, ask questions. We want to blow everybody's mind and, and start really creating a new way that we all want to age. So with that, if you know a bright spot or want someone to be highlighted for 
creative thing they're doing in the industry or trying to get into the industry, reach out to us. Let us know. We want to highlight in this series the positives, the great things going on in our industry because we know there's negatives. But let's focus on what's really powerful, what's really cool that we can do, you know, to move the industry forward, but it's having a positive impact on people. And join us next week as we speak with Dr. Andrew Mayo, who, yes, has ties to the Mayo Clinic. So join us next Friday, same time.